Today on the show, we have another author spotlight. These are a series of interviews I'm doing featuring one of the authors being published in our Lightbeamers author program. Each of them has written their story to be shared in our collaborative book called Elevate Your Voice that will soon be published coming out on April 6th of 2022. These author spotlights give you a chance to get to know these women a little bit better and discover some of their own inside stories as they walked this journey with us to becoming a first-time author. Our program not only walks them through the story excavation and writing process, but it also gives them a front seat view of the publishing world as our goal is to equip and empower each of these women to write and publish their own solo books later if they so desire. So as you can imagine, it's been a transformative experience for each of our first-time authors, and we are so excited to bring you their stories, especially here to the Inside Story Podcast. Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story Podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Lightbeamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Lightbeamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hello, 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 Lightbeamers and listeners of the Inside Story Podcast. I'm so excited you're here. I've got my good friend, Deb Cummings-Stellato, with me today. This is another edition of one of our author spotlights as I'm taking time on the show to bring you each of the amazing women who are being highlighted and featured by writing their stories in our collective book called Elevate Your Voice. And so Deb is... Um, one of those authors, she is a longtime light beamer. She's been a big part of our community and um, a big part of my orbit over the last couple of years. And I just can't wait. And actually, you've been on the show before, but we're going to do it again. We get to bring you back, which is really fun. We get to bring you back to share more of your story and specifically what has evolved for you since taking on this really big project in your world um, around Elevate Your Voice. And, you know, I know before, Deb, when we had you on the podcast, we talked a lot about storytelling and how that has played out for you in your life and your business since kind of taking this on with me um, since you you came on board at Lightbeamers and became one of my clients and all of the things that we got to do. And I think this will be really fun to have the part two version of that conversation because now storytelling has entered your life at a whole new level right would you agree yeah welcome to the show welcome back to to the show thanks for having me again i'm honored to be here and um i always 
consider it like a gift to get to spend some time with you. So I'm going to savor it, take it all in. Well, likewise, likewise. Well, let's start with that question um, of how, even since your last appearance on the show, how storytelling has continued to evolve for you. Storytelling has just become so fundamental to the work that I'm doing around coaching women. Um, I'm thinking courageously. And that community that I started two years ago has really blossomed, you know, both on the Facebook community, the Think Courageously Facebook page, but I think even to a bigger extent in um, our membership program, the Pride of Think Courageously, and the work that I do one-on-one and, and in group coaching. And the reason it's become so important is that so much of the work that I do is based on vision, um, personal vision, values, and mission, and alignment. Um, what does alignment feel like when you're thinking courageously and living courageously? And I think the only way to really understand where you are on this journey to think courageously and to create alignment in your life is to get really vulnerable with your storytelling. Um, and so I think that has come up and, and interestingly enough, um, in one of the programs that I offer the pivot project, one of the most essential things that's bubbled up is this concept of a continuum of courage. And um, you and I've talked a little bit about this, that, you know, to really tell your story is not just about a timeline of events. It's so much more about getting vulnerable with how you're feeling about that story and what action you've taken around that story. So it has ended up being like a really pivotal part to talking about the uh, continuum of courage in the work that I do. Oh, I love it. I love it. And the continuum of courage for you, what has that looked like? Oh, well, I can talk specifically about it with the book. I think it's a good example mm -hmm. of um, some of the things that have happened in my life since the last time we were together. So, you know, I've been building this business and my, my chapter, which I'm sure we'll talk about, is around my grief journey. But um, last summer, I decided that um, I had been living with chronic pain really almost unmanageable chronic pain. I was having um, a lot of issues with my hands and, um, you know, feeling the nerve issues were getting really bad. And um, I was sort of at the end of the journey on that. I had tried everything. Uh, you know, I've done cryotherapy to hypnosis to, like, you name it, I did it. And I finally got a referral to a surgeon and in Philadelphia, that head of neurosurgery at Temple University Hospital, who took a look at things a little bit differently and said, I think there's something we can do, but it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be, in his words, a 10 out of 10 surgery. And uh, so I did the best I could to plan for that um, 10 out of 10. I took a month off from my business, which was a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, I, you know, I was very physically constrained at the time. I looked like Darth Vader. I had this huge brace on, couldn't turn my head to either side. And I get this email from April about this book. And I always read everything from April. And I read this and I was like, I cannot even move my head. 
but I need to think about doing this. I need to do this. And so um, I think for me, um, really going public with my story has been pretty much of a big deal for me. And it's honestly really scary knowing that this book is coming out in a month and knowing that this story mm-hmm. is going to be out there in the way that it is. Yeah. We're going to come back to that because I do want to talk about the fear of, because uh, we, we're, we're really close and I'm feeling the fear too. So I'd love for us to both just share the fear that we're in. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm in it with you, like right there with you. And I'm the anxiety and all of that is real. But before we do that, and I, I want to go back to something that strikes me. There was a lot of, so for an inside story, right? The inside story on the inside story is that there was a conversation that unfolded between the two of us when you were in that neck brace and recovering from surgery. And the email that you received was one of my broadcast emails out to my email list, which of course you're on. So it was not me directly emailing you saying, Deb, come do the project because I, I knew where you were. I knew you were in a state of recovery and you were at definitely at the top of my list of someone because I had done this story work with you. Um, I was like, oh, she's got the perfect story for, for this book, but I can't, I just can't bring myself to offer this to you because I also have to be a good friend, you know, and then you get into my inbox after reading my email that I sent out to all the friends that I love. And you're like, I want to talk about this book. And I'm like, oh no, 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 you know, because really I wanted to say yes, 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 yes. But so it's kind of interesting how sometimes, and I bring this up because you ultimately did say yes. And we ultimately did have a very thoughtful, courageous conversation around that about how could you do it? Is this the right time? Let's be mindful of your healing because that is that was so important and had to take precedence. And what would it look like to go on this journey to tell the story that you needed to tell? And in doing that, I felt like it was such a full circle moment because specifically for the journey that you and I have been on together, because when you first came to me and um, hired me as a story coach, we began to work on building your own podcast, the Think Courageously podcast. And your mom and the story of your mom was such a huge part and is such a huge part that beginning, that business beginning for you. And I've even told you that I think that your mom is a, a third party host of your, of your podcast, you know, like she's so present and now this full circle moment of getting to truly tell the story, the grief of losing your mom, which you've never fully told before. And that's a big, big part of what you share inside Elevate Your Voice. So let's talk about the fear. I just wanted to acknowledge that full circle. And I wanted to acknowledge the inside story behind the inside story of what this really looks like to make these big decisions. And here we are a month before the book is coming out. And you do have a very, very, very vulnerable and almost graphic story that you're sharing inside this book. So what is the fear coming up for you? What does it sound like in your head? What are the fears? Like, I want to hear what you laid down at night and worry about. I could have gone a lot of ways with telling the story, but in all honesty, 24 hours between my finding my mom and my mom dying, like to really understand the impact of the experience, I felt like I needed to be graphic about it. 
because we all suffer loss and we all grieve and inevitably we lose our parents. I think what was so hard for me is like the sort of unimaginable way in which she died and when, how she died and my experiencing the very end of her life with her um, in a very impactful way. So my fear, a couple things. One is that most people, I, I fit in a lot of people's box, like how other people perceive me is this like energizer bunny that's always happy, enthusiastic supporter and cheerleader. So my chapter starts with like, this is not the story that I ever thought I would be sharing, right? And it kind of is interesting, like as we're talking about this, it does coincide a little bit with this journey that I was on with my neck and chronic pain. Like pain is something that we hide really, really deeply. We put it like it's way, way down in our soul. Having been through what I've gone through in these experiences is like, it doesn't get any less raw. It doesn't get any less raw for me reading the chapter as it did like the first time I read it. Like I just, it still evokes a lot of things. And it's not a story that I would like, traditionally tell with people right because because they see me as like the coach mentor um advisor cheerleader this is like my own shit like this is my own thing that like the story and you'll read in the book like I can wake up in the middle of the night just sobbing like a sob that I don't even know where it comes from around the events of what happened so the fear of that just, like even talking to you about it today, right? It's like, it's hard for me not to cry talking about it. So it it's very vulnerable still. I guess it will always be vulnerable. It'll always be painful to tell this story. Um, so there's a little bit of like how Deb came out of her box in this, that it's, my life isn't always what people think it is. I think that's a big thing, right? Like when you present yourself in a certain way, people are like, oh, she's got it together. And sometimes we don't. <laughs> so there's a little bit of vulnerability about that. Um, I was I was a little fearful about, um, like I sent the final draft to my daughter and to my brother. I didn't want them to read it um, in the book first. Like obviously they know I had been working on it, but I was also, there was a fear about like, my recollection of the events, right? Like you're, you're only seeing your story from your own lens and how they would respond to it. And I think that I'm, I'm past that because I feel like they really, um, have supported me sharing this. Um, but also I think the other fear is like, what will this mean in terms of how I support other people? And am I in the, how do I do that? And, and use my coaching skills to support people in a time of loss in terms of defining their next chapter. It's a little scary, right? Because it does still feel like you don't want to bring all that garbage, not, it's not garbage, all that stuff up in the context of coaching because it's not about me, it's about them. Right, right. But through storytelling, we can also let people that we understand, that we see, we hear them, um, and that you can empathize with their 
with where they are just by way of sharing the story, but not letting the story hijack the conversation, certainly. Um, I think those are really valid fears. I mean, I, I think that anybody listening can understand what it might feel like, even if they've never written their story in a book or published a book, which is certainly a big deal, which is why we're all feeling the fear. But even if they've not ever done that, of what if people figure out that I don't have it all together? What if people actually, see, as you called it, it's just your shit, right? And so your shit's going to be on display, right? And most of us don't walk around on a day-to-day -day basis just kind of opening up the closed doors of our life, letting people see the shit that's on display or to put it on display. And so there's a real fear around that. But at the end of the day, everyone has the shit, right? So I'm going to have to put the E thing on my podcast. We're using this word so much. I normally don't have to do that. <laughs> You've but got your Jersey girl. I've so got the Jersey girl on, so we, we bring it out. But, you know, but seriously, we all have it. We all have those things behind closed doors. And that is what is going to make your story so relatable because... You aren't hiding. You're just saying, hey, this is real. Behind, I'm, I can be an expert in my field. I can be a really amazing coach. I can facilitate amazing transformation for my clients. And I'm walking the journey too, right? So it humanizes you. This is what stories do. They humanize you. Humanize your brand. It's, humanize your expertise. And I think it's so, like, it's so important around vulnerability and, um, you know, I think that's what has come up for me in storytelling and coaching, that vulnerability piece of things. Because people sometimes, we talk a lot about this um, in the work that I do, and Brene Brown talks about it all the time, right? So vulnerability isn't exploiting your story. And so I think, you know, and you've helped me so much with that. And I have learned to walk that journey that everybody doesn't need to know every detail of my life. Because this story ultimately is and it's a, it's a timeline of my life over the course of 364 days, actually 18 months. And it's not just about my mom's passing, but it on the other side of my parents' passing is about the courage that it took for me to find the space to heal. And so I think that is, and you've taught me that, that the nugget is, what, it, what is the lesson in this? It's, it is that we need to create that space. It takes a long time. Um, we have to figure out for ourselves how we get there. And so there is that side where you're like, I need to be vulnerable. And yet I'm not going to exploit this story, right? There's that fine line. And um, I think that's part of the agility that comes from working on telling your story. And frankly, what works in this process of writing about it. Well, and I, I want to say to you as the person who journeyed this with you in the writing process and re reading what your final, uh, final words are on the paper, that you did a really beautiful job of not exploiting your mom and that story, but honoring the story and its impact on you. And, um, it can be done. I know there's so many people that worry about sharing their story for this very same reason about, I don't want me to tell someone else's story. I don't want the story. 
I don't want to exploit someone else. I don't want to exploit a relationship or a situation. I don't want to throw people under the bus. I don't want to uh, air the details that would be insensitive um, and, you know, not right. And a lot of people let that be the reason why they don't share stories because they don't know how to overcome that. And I want to, your story to be an, in your story will be an illustration of you can walk that fine line. And, you know, personally, I think that's the benefit of having someone help you through it because, um, you know, at least a third party person that's objective and can help you see the forest through the trees, right? Like just really understand how to navigate it without it feeling too much. And you've done, you've done excellently with that. And I'm excited for people to read the story for that reason. And your story is going to impact so many people as a result, because we all at some point in our life, we, we don't get out of this life without a grief experience. So the, the topic that you cover is universal, you know, it really is. Um, one of the things that I know to be true about storytelling and about the process of sharing your story is that it is a gift to the storyteller in terms of healing. How has this, this process of sharing your story and elevate your voice helped heal you and heal specifically this, this story of your of your grief journey, this actual writing of it. Cause I mean, I want to also honor that the writing of it was extremely painful and hard. I mean, you had moments of real despair of sharing the story and getting it, getting back into the details and reliving something that was so traumatic, but on the other end of it, have you found the process to be healing? A hundred percent. Um, you know, when, Right after I lost my mom, I, I did go to a grief counseling, and that was super helpful. And what I learned in that process, and I returned to grief counseling after I lost my dad, and I did this exercise, and I really have never talked about this exercise, about my feeling, um, you know, so my mom died on September uh, 20th, 2018. My dad died on September 19th, 2019. And six months later, COVID came. And in the time that I lost my parents, I lost two dogs. Um, I had lost my best friend to breast cancer. And so when I was talking to my grief counselor, I was like, I feel like I'm just buried in grief. Like I'm buried in this thing. And we did this really powerful exercise, which was, we wanted to find like a physical um, way to represent all this grief. Like throughout my life, I had just a lot of unresolved grief. So I went out and I bought blocks, like foam, styrofoam blocks. Mm -hmm. And each block, I put um, the loss pillar mm -hmm. on the block. And I literally, it was like a village. And, um, ugh. It was, you know, I just was like, I want to kick this thing over. <laughs> like, this is not. You want to do big karate chop to, to it. Yeah. Karate chop the thing down. Um, so I think that was like my first big step in that piece of it. But the writing for me helped so much in putting some closure to 
the the uh, raw stuff that was still inside of me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk about how difficult it was. Our first drafts were due on the anniversary of my mom's death. And honestly, that was one of the most painful, mm-hmm. like, it, like you, you, you can see it on my face. Yeah. Like, it was just like, oh, my God. Like, I... Of all days, this is right? This so yeah. hard. Of all days, of all things. But I honestly believe there's a reason oh, that Oh, absolutely. Happened, yeah. You know? And so I'm just... I just went with it. So I do think... Our ability to share this and to, you know, process it, we all, there are multiple ways to process everything. Sure. And I think the more ways we process it, the healthier we become on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. So good. It's so good. Yeah. The synchronicities of it all um, are not by mistake and by accident. That's my firm belief. And to me, I know that was a painful day and hard. But to me, I just saw such beauty in it. And, um, you know, I think that's that's a really neat thing for the listeners to know so that when they, they read your story, they know some of these little details that aren't in the book, you know, that that, that that information isn't in the book, which is why I love these author spotlights so much so that we can get a little bit deeper. Um, you know, I was, I, I had a powerful conversation and I'm going to do a whole podcast recording on this for my own little author spotlight, but I had a powerful conversation this week that had to take place in order for me to feel good about moving my chapter forward too. You know, the relief that has come from that conversation, the clearing of the resistance happens from the doing, you know, having the conversation, which actually would have never happened had I not sat down to write the story. And in writing my story, my story is about something that I was having major resistance towards. So much has been cleared as a result, you know, like so much resistance has been cleared as a result of writing the story and digging into it deeper and then having the conversations that needed to happen as a result of telling that story, which those conversations would have never happened. So there's so much beauty that unfolds in just that you called it the process, right? Just the process of going on the journey. There's so much more that comes out of it than just the book. In the chapter that you wrote, the story that you wrote. It's a beautiful chunk of it, but there's all these other like little stories that happen along the way. And what I shared in the conversation that I needed to have this week was that I wanted to have that conversation because just reading my story alone, he would have never really understood the magnitude of everything that had been unfolding during the writing of the pro- of the story. And that's just it. The readers aren't going to know all of this unless we share bits of these inside stories with everyone as we're sharing this book. Because there's so much that goes into the writing of these stories that you can't tell in 3,500 words. You know, it's impossible. And so these conversations just, I think, are going to make the, the reading experience so much richer for everyone that gets a chance to listen to both these episodes and read your story. Um, and I, I just think that's so beautiful. And I think that that's so important also because it's like the part of this healing process, right? And we can only move forward when we let go. And I think that we hold on to our pain and to these stories so tightly that it can really impact our ability to move forward and and 
I've been talking a lot and continue to talk about, and I'm going to talk about it this month in March um, before the book, is that we have to figure out small ways to get in action around thinking courageously because, because we have this misconception that courage and bravery happen once and that they're not part of like small micro actions that we can take to start creating minds, a change in mindset. And I think this book is really ultimately about shifting mindsets. You know, we're all telling a story about whatever our pain point is and what we've done courageously to get to the other side of that. And, and again, those things aren't one-offs like you're saying. They're not just like, I'm going to write it and it's done. It's continuously being intentional about thinking courageously, getting in alignment with what's important to me. Why does it serve me to hold on to things? What happens when I let go of things? Where's like the growth um, for me? Where's the growth for my clients? There's so much in all of that, which take, let's just call it random acts of courage. The book is like, a massive act of courage, but each page or the beginning of the process was like, okay, I'm, I need to get courageous about figuring out what the story is, what point of view, where in the story. So I do think that like connected to what you're sharing about your experience, like we are, we only have a certain, I like to think like I'm this person in this container and it's only capable of holding in so much. And at some point, like it no longer serves me to keep squishing it and playing small. I got to let it out if I want to play big and I want to. You got to step out of that container. In my mm -hmm. life, right? Yep. Totally. Yeah. It stretches you. It stretches you to a, a different level and into a bigger box. Um, and you, you change as a person and you no longer fit the mold that you've once fit in before going on the journey and, and going through the process. You know, the book itself is called Elevate Your Voice. I am curious for you, how does elevate the title, Elevate Your Voice, fit in with your experience? How do you feel that this has elevated your voice? I think there are a couple things. One is that um, I always feel my voice is elevated when I'm in community with other women. Um, who are sharing their stories and it builds this really magical connection, um, a synergistic energy that happens. And I just, I just interviewed Dr. Brittany on my show and she and I have been in rooms together, but we just spent an hour having like an incredible conversation that was around elevating our voices um, and our lives based on our, you know, journeys on thinking courageously. So I think every time that you are given an opportunity to be in community with other women and share, there is an opportunity to elevate your voice. I think for me, um, certainly this, uh, gives me a whole different, uh, piece of content. Let's just call it that content or, I guess that's the right word. I don't want to use collateral because that's not how I feel about it. I just feel like it connects to my who so much, everything that I do. Um, and my, you know, like you, I am my brand. And so I feel like this story 
is in such alignment with that and elevates all the work that I do around that. And I think in general, any opportunity that we as women have to support each other and to say like, I see you, I feel you, um, I've been there. And again, it, everybody, you know, we've misused the word empathy. Like we have really misused empathy in a lot of uh, places because empathy isn't walking in somebody else's shoes because I can't walk in your shoes and I can't walk in the other author's shoes. But empathy is really connecting around the emotion. That's the shared emotion of things. And I think this book gives us the opportunity to talk about um, connecting in a very different way with one another. And by doing that, we elevate our voices. It's so good. And that just segues right into something I did want to touch on is how this book is different because it's, you know, we weren't writing solo books here. It was a collaborative project. It's um, many voices coming together to create one almost. I mean, there is sort of this swelling that takes place. And this is what our hope and desire is, is that the reader will feel this, that you're going to get a message out of reading just my story. And you're going to get a message out of just reading Deb's story or Dr. Brittany's story, Kofi's. But when you begin to string those experiences together of reading story after story after story that are all very different from each other, there's this collective movement that rises up through the reading of this book, you know, that takes the message of elevate your voice to a level that the reader will experience unique to him or her. And that's what's so cool about this collective collaboration that we each wrote our chapters in a little, in our own little way, in our own little silo. I wrote mine at my desk or, you know, sitting on my couch or wherever I was, right? Um, actually, I wrote it on my couch. <laughs> I remember exactly where I was when I wrote it. Um, so, you know, we all have our, our different, we had our different assignments, if you will. But it came together in such a beautiful way because we did pour into each other during our time together. And we still are where, you know, it's like you having Dr. Brittany on your show and many other authors have come onto your podcast. And, you know, another author, Becky, she's been doing these live video series and interviews and, you know, everyone's just finding a way to connect with each other and support each other and get into each other's communities and go, you know, go cheer each other on. And, and really, when we do that, when we do that as, as humans, not just women, but when we just do that for each other, when we literally become neighborly and in community with one another, it creates a force, this, this momentum that we cannot, no one will be able to ignore it. Like you will, it's a force. And I think that our, our little book, Elevate Your Voice, is an example of that. And how we've operated together is an example of that. And it's a, it's an opportunity for the readers to experience it, to go figure out how can they replicate that in their world. It may not be writing in a collaborative book, but I guarantee you there's opportunity for you to link arms with people and not just share your story and listen to the other person's story, but to create a repeated pattern where that, that those stories and those 
those moments of community and neighborly love for each other will allow this, this swelling take, to take place. And this can happen in politics, religion, um, community, households, with interfamilial situations. I mean, it just can happen. It's available for all of us. And this is not a Pollyanna pie in the sky idea. This is real. We experienced it. Would you, would you agree with that, that feeling of this momentum that swells from the collective effort? Well, two things. One is I want to say that I, one of the things in reflecting on the book is that it was not highly orchestrated in the sense of like, oh, well, everybody, you have to write something different than no, somebody else. Exactly. Right? We let, let it us be. tell our story. You let it be. And I, in hindsight, really, really appreciate that, right? Because there are other grief stories, but different contexts of grief. And I think as women, one of our biggest challenges is to show up with an abundance mentality instead of a scarcity mentality. And, um, and to stop playing the comparison game. Um, and I think that if I, abundance is like such a huge part of who I am and how I operate and how I run my business and how like you and I are so similar this way that we, we love being that community connector. Like you need to meet this person. And that happened again today, you know, on my podcast, it's like, by building, by building these pieces together of connection, we definitely amplify and make um, the voices of women so abundant. We don't need people taking us down and, you know, showing up with a scarcity mindset. And I think over time, that is a lesson that we as women need to learn. Like when we are in a place of sharing and abundance, all these really great things happen for us. And when we're in a place of scarcity and defending our turf, not much good can come out of that. And I think that speaks to your example of like, if we showed up in an abundance mentality in our neighborhoods, in our faith communities, in uh, our families, there's a, there's so much, sounds like such, like I'm such a sixties girl, but there's way so much love to be shared. Um, and when we approach each other from that love and abundance, it creates magic. Well, it's in a much better way to live. It's just a much better way to operate in the world. Like there's just so much space and ease and grace when we move in this way. <clears throat> in this way. When we fall down and fall prey to the old ways and to the old paradigm of what it's supposed to look like, it never feels good to me, ever. And I, and I know that the listeners can, you know, attest for your, in your own journeys where when you're, it, like going against the grain and, and, and leaning into the resistance of trying to do things the way they're supposed to be or how we should do and being in competition with each other, it, nobody ever really wins there. It, it never produces pro positive results. And this is an experience, I, I can say from my experience, from my standpoint, the seat that I've had at this particular table this has been an experience of really a beautiful example of what can happen when women come in together to share their stories and elevate their voice and truly have a positive impact in the world. And we did that not singularly, but we did that together. And it's so cool. It's just so cool to me. I think it's so cool. And I think like the word that comes up for me and having experienced other um, opportunities with you is that 
I think we all have to give ourselves the grace to let these things percolate, right? Like I'm thinking about, it doesn't, it doesn't happen immediately. Like community doesn't happen immediately. We have to build it and we have to be committed to it. And I found in these communities, whether it's light beamers or whether it's the growth circle or it's been through other things that I participated in, I may not know at the time that I'm going through it, what the relationships are going to look like on the other side of it. And I think we have, in some ways we have to stop worrying about that. I think that it does happen organically and with some space. And I'm starting to feel more and more of that actually, as we get closer and closer to launching, I feel like everybody is like unpeeling the onion as we get closer. And there's more of a sense, the most sense of connection and collaborativeness as we approach this April 6th date. Like we wrote our chapters alone, but we're in this together when this book shows up. Yeah. So it's it's kind of an interesting process that way. I think sometimes you and I've talked about this. Sometimes our expectation is that that will happen immediately. And at the end of the day, it happens organically. Yeah, because it can't be forced. But, it like can't kidding. be forced. Yeah, you just have to forced. let oxygen get to it and let it germinate and grow at, as, at the time that it's supposed to. Okay, one last thing I want, I want to wrap us up is going forward, what are you the most excited about? Like post book launch, you know, People have read the stories, your story and everyone else's story. What are you visioning out as to what that's going to look like and what are you most excited about? I am throwing out into the universe um, that we are all collectively going to be available to be in conversation with other women in other uh, neighborhoods that we don't even know about yet. Um, And, you know, I put out, at one point, I said, throughout this big, hairy, audacious goal, like, oh, yeah, elevate your voice, collaborators, on the Today Show. You know, here we are. We're in New York City, and we're sitting sitting with uh, with our mo- the morning crew with a cup of coffee in our hand, and we're talking about this experience. I- I'm just a big believer in the way that my life has unfolded in the last three years that sometimes you just have to let things be and these incredible experiences happen. I cannot orchestrate all of it, um, but I have the belief that this book can do some amazing things. And whether we're presenting at a conference together, uh, whether we're doing you know professional development workshops for women, whether there's media on it, I just think that our collective voices need to be heard and, um, and they will. Amen. Amen. That's what's happening. That is what is happening. And it's already, it's already happening because we are, um, we're in this phase of bringing people into our launch and, and inviting them into the process with us. And we're on the, the front end of a new experience with new women that are walking into the journey that you walked into almost nine months ago. And so more stories are coming because 14 of us were brave enough to start this, right? Like we showed up for this experience and elevate your voice and it opened a door for another book to be born 
and and possibly more beyond that. You know, I've talked openly that I've I've committed to three, but um, but I'm just letting I'm letting the spirit guide that and letting the women who show up show up for that, right? I, I'm not orchestrating that either. I'm just holding the container open. And so I'm excited about the new wave of stories that are coming up behind yours and how that's going to connect you and all the other authors and elevate your voice to the women and in step into your brave and that there is something bigger growing there. And who knows, those doors of opportunities are going to open, but I know we're all so excited. And because we said a big yes here, we're ready to say bigger yeses now. It's going to be so gorgeous, so gorgeous. Well, Miss Deb Cummings Stilato, um, I want you to have the opportunity to tell everyone where you would love to direct them if they want to learn more, even more about you and the amazing work that you do at the Think Good Company and on the Think Courageously podcast and inside your Think Courageously community. Where is the best place for people to go? To get them some more Deb. Well, you just gave some of the best places. So my website is um, the Think Good Company. You can find me there. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at uh, Think Good and at Think Courageously. Uh, I do a lot of work with nonprofits, um, and that hasn't that doesn't seep through many of these other things. But it's my passion um, and my joy and. I serve them in a variety of ways. So in Think Good, you can learn more about that. Uh, the podcast um, is a big deal. Um, it's hit its two-year birthday. And um, I guess the last thing is, is I am developing very intentionally programs for people to get take action in thinking courageously. And so if you get into these communities um, and connect with other people, You'll hear more about that and um, trying to really listen to women in terms of meeting them where they're at with this journey and this continuum of thinking courageously, thinking good and thinking differently. I love it. I love your work in the world. I'm so happy that we get to do this work together and support each other. And I cannot wait to have Elevate Your Voice in the hands of so many of our listeners on the Inside Story podcast and listeners of the Think Courageously podcast on April 6th um, and beyond. So thank you all for being here today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning into these author spotlights. And again, I hope that when you read the book and you read Deb's story, that her story will just feel richer to you having listened to her conversation with me today. Thank you so much for Deb, for your time. Thanks to the listeners for being with us. You guys share the episode out, share the book when it comes out, and definitely don't be afraid to leave us a review or shoot me a message on Instagram at Lightbeamers if you would just like to discuss further any of the things that come up for you when it comes to sharing your own story. As that's always my goal here is to get you thinking, what would it be like to share your story? How courageous would that feel to do it? So that being said, we're going to sign off for this episode of The Inside Story. We'll be back here next week with another delightful episode, and I will be right here to greet you then. See you then. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. 
How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.